from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. The call is free, and some say the advice is worth exactly what you pay for it. Joe is in Houston to start off this particular hour. What's up, Joe? Hi, Dave. Hi, Jade. It's a pleasure to speak with you both. You too, sir. How can we help? Yes, sir. So recently, um, I've heard you mention that you don't advise someone to open a brokerage account if their mortgage isn't paid off. And I've been listening to you for a little while now. And my question is, I'm on baby step four, five, and six, and I'm trying to invest 15% of my income. And I'm maxing out my 401k at my work. And I'm also maxing out a uh, Roth IRA for my, myself and my wife. So my question is, with the extra um, percentages I have, do I open a brokerage account and just put it in mutual funds, or should I just throw the rest at my mortgage? You can just throw it. You're not up to 15% by doing all of that? No, sir, because our, our income's approaching about 300K. Way to go. Mm, Congratulations. Good. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I mean, you just need to get it into mutual funds. If you want to use a brokerage account to put it into mutual funds, that's fine. Uh, the thing, when, okay. some, when most people say brokerage account, they mean I'm going to take my golfing buddy's best suggestion and buy some stocks with some broker. Right. Translation, you're getting ready to lose your freaking money. Okay. Right. And so, but you actually tactically, functionally can use a brokerage account to buy mutual funds. If you get with one of our smart investor pros, you'll just have an account with them that they manage everything. And you can put like your smart, you can put your Roth IRAs in that account. You can put your other stuff in that account. And it is, it does technically fall under the heading of a brokerage account, but this is not an account where we're buying and selling single stocks and sometimes people translate the word brokerage account Mm. to that when i hear someone say that off the street that's what i always think they're talking about because it usually is you see what i'm saying right would you recommend putting it in the four types of mutual funds that you typically recommend or or an index fund uh since it's taxable probably an index fund probably put it in a five in an s&p 500 because it's gonna that is it that falls in the growth in growth stock category but it's going to have a low turnover ratio so you're not going to be taxes on it until you cash it out to amount to anything all right well i appreciate it thank you yeah i'd go is there another way to max that you don't have any self-employed income of any kind no sir okay I don't know of another way to max that out. But again, if you're working with Smart Mr. Pro, you might ask them if there's another way to get at that. Well, the good thing is he's got a high income. I bet you he'll have the ability to retire a little bit earlier than average, and then he'll have some money available to him before 59 and a half. Yeah, that, that S&P will serve, you're right, as a bridge, yeah. as some bridge money, because he's putting 45000 bucks away, yeah. 15% of 300000 He's yeah. putting you know forty five grand away a, a year. That's four grand a month. I mean, he's yeah. kicking butt. He's doing great. That, that's going to get him to some serious net worth very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love it. Oh, man. There's just people all over America that have a brain. None of them are in Washington, D.C. <laughs> but there's people all over America that have a brain. That guy's got a brain. He sure does. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah, I like, how he's, I like what he's doing. They're everywhere. They're smart people. There really are smart people out there. You just don't see them much on the news. <laughs> Arnold's with us in Houston, Texas. Hey, Arnold, what's up? Hey. Arnold? 
Uh, something's wrong with your phone. Try one more time. Take it off speakerphone. Three. Okay. You got to get, you're going to have to get back on and see if we can teach you to use your phone. All right. Steven is with us in Springfield, Missouri. Hey, Steven, what's up? Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me? Okay. Sure. What's up? Hey, Dave. Uh, my wife and I, we have a primary residence that's on a 15 year loan. We owe about 220,000. Um, but we own a lake property that we, we, uh, paid off actually down near Branson. Um, it's on a one year lease right now. It'll be up soon. We're, we're contemplating, uh, it's worth about 350,000. We've thought about just selling it to pay off the primary kind of, we've done a little bit of Davish over the years. We flipped a couple properties, but we have five kids. Um, and we could, we could sell the lake house for about 350,000 and pay off the current. So just kind of want to get your thoughts on, on what you would do in that situation. What's your income? Um, I'm in sales, um, base is around 140, but, uh, goes up to about 175. If I have a good year and my wife stays at home with our kids. Do you, lo- do you have any other debt? It's just those two homes, right? Or it's just the one. Yeah. Home? Yeah. Just the, just the debt on the primary residence, no other personal debt. So you leased, you leased your lake house out cause you're not using it. Yeah. We, we bought it to use, you know, go down to the lake and use it from time to time. And then we, we just, we don't get down enough with the kids being so busy. So we, and it, it gener- it's paid off, but, mm-hmm. uh, we get $2,200 a month, uh, well, $2,300 a month, but we still pay the HOAs. So yeah. we net about 2000 a month. So em- emotionally, this is not your family's favorite place to go in the summer that you're going to sell and your children are all going to run away and hide in a homeless shelter because they hate their dad. <laughs> emotionally, this is a rental house. Yeah, I mean, I'm from the area, so there is a, there is some connection to the area. But uh, if I sold you know, my lake house, um, I, I you would probably never find my body. <laughs> my children and my grandchildren would go bananas. We're there every weekend all summer, boats and sea dews and skis and tubes. And if I sold my lake house, it would be like the end of the Ramsey family as we know it. And so you're not even in that category. Mm. Is it far no. from you? Is it a far drive? Yeah, or? no, we're two hours away. We're out near Joplin, but like I said, with the kids being busy in school, we just don't get down there as much. And so I've I've done some math, and I'm like, you know, if we go down and rent an Airbnb, fifteen nights a year, go see my family, you know, it the the utility the utilities are the property tax and the HOA and the insurance. I mean, mm-hmm. let's say it's five grand a year. Sell it, um, Stephen. You, know. you don't want the house anymore. Sell it. <laughs> pay off the primary be debt you've already sold it 16 so. times in this conversation yeah there was no fight in you at all to keep it i gave uh-uh. you every chance how does your wife feel is she ready to get rid of it yeah i think so yeah sell we're 35 it. sell it yeah if your all wife right. says sell it sell it she's right is it that you're just having a hard time because it's cash flowing yeah, and you feel and like just, you're. Uh, look, yeah, and we're just like, well, we have one house paid off, but not the primary, so we uh-huh. just go back and forth in our minds. I think we're trading. If you were going to buy a three hundred thousand dollar rental, it would not be a lake house two hours away. Right. This became a rental by default when your family quit using it. Uh huh. Right. Sell right. it. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks. No default. No <laughs> default rental properties. Well, no, that's no exciting. Default rental properties. He's getting ready to have a paid off primary Woo-hoo! mortgage with That's five great. kids yeah with five oh, kids wonderful I'm telling you jade there's smart people in smart America. people we met They're a couple of them there. today we are collecting <laughs> them here on the ramsey show we have the largest collection of smart people i love it in america watch the other shows they're not on those shows <laughs> this is the ramsey show
Are you working the baby steps? One of the smartest and most impactful changes you can make is to ditch your cash value life insurance plan, if you have one, and replace it with a term life policy. Listen, the only thing a cash value policy is good for is overcharging you for the life insurance and then paying you a crappy rate of return on your overpayment. Stop wasting your money and really focus on getting out of debt and growing your savings. For over 25 years, I've trusted and used Xander Insurance to find the best rates on term life insurance from the top rated companies. They keep the whole thing simple. You can apply online or over the phone and they even have low cost plans that don't require an exam. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Even if you don't have a cash value policy, if you're one of the 70% of people who have no life insurance or not enough, it's even more important to get this done. 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Today's question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When something in your home breaks, Neighborly is the name to remember. You know it by names like Mr. Rooter or Molly Maid or Mr. Electric and many, many other wonderful names. And the Neighborly Done Right promise, with that, you'll know you're getting great service from their network of local home service providers. It's an incredible company. We are honored to have them sponsoring our question of the day. So go to neighborly.com today. Today's question of the day comes from Andrew in Wisconsin. He says, I'm in my mid-50s with two kids. I've done relatively well in life, but have had some problems in life like cancer. I recovered thankfully, but it does run in my family. So I'm worried about how long I'll live. And I wrote a will last year. I have a son and daughter in their 20s. One is doing well, the other not so much. My youngest daughter has struggled with addiction to opiates and has gone to rehab several times. Although she has been sober now for several months, I'm well aware of the idea that once an addict, always an addict. How should I set up my will so that I keep my daughter safe when I pass? My friend suggested that I request uh, it gets paid in annuity as opposed to a lump sum. I'm looking for your advice on this. That's a really, really good question. Well, I'm glad that you're doing well from the cancer. Um, You know, I would suggest, I think it's a great thing that you have a will, but I would suggest also uh, getting a trust in place. And I'm telling you that because it's going to allow you to uh, determine how this money is distributed and all the different terms around it. Uh, my husband and I are actually walking through that with our trust and with our kids. Um, a will is a great place to start. But if you ha- if you have those things that you want to delineate with your children, you're going to have to take it a step further um, and get a trust. And so that's what I would suggest to you. Um, and just put in there whatever you want it. Dave, I know you've got a whole lot of stipulations on how these things work out, especially when it comes to, to addicts. You know, you gotta, you gotta be careful there. Yeah, your, your friend is wrong. An annuity won't work. That will be a steady stream of payments to buy opiates with. The annuity doesn't turn on or off based on her addiction. Right. And so um, you, can, um, you can set a trustee on a trust, and the trust can be formed at your death at the direction of the will. You don't have to put it in place now. And her portion, your, your son's portion could be just released to him. Mm-hmm. Her portion could be left into trust. And, um, you know, I, I would release a, um, amounts of money based on uh, years or months of sobriety. 
because what we're trying to do here is not finance her addiction and um and and not jar her and knock her out of the saddle of sobriety so i mean let's just pretend okay let's just throw out a a number that to her is big Mm -hmm. whatever that number is could knock her out of the saddle because she has this sense that now she has a new source of Mm -hmm. uh of uh, a provision for her whole life and so she relaxes a little bit in the in the fight to stay sober And so uh, uh, if if she perceives $100,000 to be a lot of money, it's not in Mm -hmm. these situations, but if she perceives that, it could knock her out of the saddle. So I would personally leave it into a trust and get with an estate planning attorney and um, have the trustee uh, monitor her sobriety. And uh, if she's attending AA, for instance, uh, you would get a coin at various milestones. And based on those milestones, you could release money. Uh, at the one year, you know, she's already uh, been sober for a while. It sounds like that's good. Several months. Um, and but I mean, at a one year mark, a two year mark, a five year mark, um, or you could increase it, or you could release it all at a certain mark. Mm-hmm. If someone's been sober for five or ten years, you know, they've done, especially from opiates. That they, you know, I'm not an addiction expert, but sadly, we work with a lot of addicts, uh-huh. so we've learned a lot because 100 percent of addicts have money problems. <laughs> stuff's expensive and so um uh yeah uh anyway we get to learn a lot about it sadly and um as a layman not as a medical professional but anyway all that to say opiates if she can stay dry five years she's probably dry for life yeah and Um, he's in his mid-50s you're you're gonna god willing be able to watch this yeah, throughout you, the next could, 10 years and you make could those adjustments it. you could just do away with the trust at some point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like if in other words if it, let's say you live 10 years and she's dry for 10 years mm-hmm. you could say all right i don't need the trust and redo your will yeah yeah but um but in in the meantime uh if you're going to do it today i would just say okay give some milestones and you could work with her counselor you could have the counselor report to the trustee uh, and they have to have the she has to sign the right to do that in order to get money because counselor cannot report her information legally mm-hmm. without her permission. Mm-hmm. But she could say, OK, in order to get, you know, funds released, the, the counselor has to the sponsor from AA has to whatever it is. And then the trustee, whoever that's I would not make your son the trustee. I don't want him to be his, his sister's keeper. That's a good point. I want him to just be able to love her as and support her as her brother, not the keeper of her money. And you should have these discussions with both of them. Yeah, talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. That's a really good point. Anytime you're dealing with adults and a will of any kind, just say, look, if you're going to piss people off, do it while you're alive, okay? Tell them (laughs) you're not in the will. You're not in the will, okay? It's not fair for everybody else to have to deal with your actions after you're gone and everybody else is emotional about it. So you need to have a reading of the will or essentially that uh, where everybody knows what's going on here and, you know. And it's real easy with her. I'm just going to say, I love you so much that I'm not going to finance a potential relapse. Absolutely. And so I'm going to dole this out based on sobriety because, as an act of love, not as an act of punishment for your oh, addiction. Yeah. And talk to her about that while you're alive because trust can't convey the emotion of a dad right. that's loving his daughter well. Right. And so that this is an excellent time to do that so it's a really good point jade and just a reminder everybody needs a will yep right everybody needs a will everybody doesn't need a trust but there are times when um 
it's the best choice for you. Yeah. And the only time you're going to have ongoing trust, um, typically, our special needs child mm-hmm. is going to be ongoing throughout their life. Uh, a situation like this is going to be ongoing, but it's probably not forever. It's not perpetual. Right. Uh, the on- And the only other ongoing trust are where there's like large a large estate where you're trying to manage the estate out of the mm-hmm. trust not just um not just keep from harming someone that you're leaving behind right like your children if you've got uh, minor children and none of them are special needs you you might just have a trust that until they're a certain age and then, right. it, then yep. it evaporates and the money's just distributed to them and that would be normal as well so uh fun stuff Fun stuff. Yeah, go, go to mamabearlegalforms.com if you don't have your will in place. And they can help you with basic trusts as well. Mm-hmm. If you need a complicated thing, like this one's a little complicated. I'd probably see an estate planning attorney. It's worth a few hundred dollars to uh, more to, to get this done right and to have someone to, that teaches you and consults with you about what the law allows in your state on um, managing that distribution. But the annuity is not the answer. Arnold is with us in Houston, Texas. Hi, and Arnold, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Did we get your phone fixed, brother? Yes, sir. How you doing, Mr. Ramsey? Better <laughs> than I deserve. That is so much better. Thank it you, is. sir. How can I help? Uh, just, uh, well, I've been, uh, I've been following your show for about a year now and finally decided to start doing things uh, the way you teach. And, well, I got a little bit of a question. Um, I'm about to start this uh, that snowball. And I want to know if it's a little different in my case. Uh, so I have a motorcycle loan that my ex-girlfriend took out for me. Um, I crashed the motorcycle and I injured myself pretty badly. After a couple of months of litigation, I got a settlement. That's just enough to cover the loan, about $15,000. Um, so what I'm wondering is, do I dump that into this, that snowball or do I pay off, do I pay her off so that she can, uh, you know, be out of my life for good and I can be out of hers? You pay her off. I pair up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the right, okay, it's the right, right thing to do. You need to. It's not fair to her. Yeah, this whole move, this whole move was dumb on her part, your part, and because and you can tell yeah. why now because it's left you in a lurch emotionally and relationally, and so and this money was for the motorcycle, from the motorcycle, about the motorcycle. Yeah. So you just pay her off, and that clears it. So it's not it's not a random piece of money. Right. Yeah, I would do the same thing. Get her out of your life if. You, you use those words, get her out of my life. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and my guess is she feels the same way. Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. If you are a new listener or viewer, and we know there are a bunch of you based on all of our analytics and numbers, and a huge number of you have joined us in just the last few months. Thank you for that. Uh, you may be a little bit out of the loop on all these, uh, all this lingo, the baby steps and debt snowballs and all those kinds of things we talk about around here all the time. We'll try to keep you up to date, but if you want to really dive into it and start to learn where you are and where you need to go next, uh, it's a free service. Just go to RamseySolutions.com, click on Get Started, and uh, we'll help you figure out your next best step from where you are right now. RamseySolutions.com, it's completely free. Click Get Started started sandy is with us in nashville hi son sandy welcome to the ramsey show hi dave thanks for taking my call um i've been agonizing over something for a few weeks walking around my house saying what would dave say what would dave say so today i decided to call and see what you would say about this 
my husband wants to buy an Airbnb in Florida as an investment. We have no emergency fund. We have excellent credit. All we do have is the equity in our house, which we do have a mortgage on. Um, I'm terrified about this idea. It would require a home equity line of credit and possibly another investment mortgage loan on top of that. So what? You already know what Dave would say. Yes, I do. I believe. And do you want to know what Jade would say? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes. Well, I might not be able to say it on the air, but <laughs> but Don't but it ends in the word off, it ends in the word no. <laughs> Yeah, capital N-O. You're broke people. Broke people don't need to buy investment properties. Broke people really don't need to buy high-risk investment properties. Broke people really don't need to buy high-risk investment properties in another state with all 100% borrowed money. Ooh, and leveraged on your own home. Right. This goes sideways. It's got nowhere to go but bad. Okay. So let me me tell you, he's been watching. He's been spending too much time on the Internet. (laughs) yeah yeah so here's what the internet here's what the idiots on tic-tac will tell you okay that um that running an airbnb is a hundred percent profit you're going to make so much money you're going to be just bathing in money there's going to be cash everywhere it fails to mention the renters that tear up your house. It fails to mention the times that it sits empty. It fails to mention the high management fees. It fails to mention all of the costs of your maid service. It fails to mention uh, the fact that uh, the local municipality decides that Airbnbs are no longer legal and they pass a law prohibiting airbnb in your neighborhood which is happening in some areas and Mm -hmm. hoas are preventing them left and right because they don't want a hotel in their neighborhood which is essentially what a airbnb is and uh the things if everything works perfect the way the tic-tac guys say you're gonna be so rich it's unbelievable but guess what you and i live in the real world it doesn't work that way running an airbnb Mm -hmm. is a complete pain in the behunkus Okay, that's exactly what every cell in me is screaming. Yeah. Are you so, going to be able to convince him of that? She's not going to sign the deed. I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying. Don't, so, just no, I refuse to is, sign the HELOC. The house has, has yeah. your name on it in Tennessee as well. He can't get a HELOC yeah. without your signature. Right. No. Okay, well, no. I, I, I thank you all so much. Yeah, we'll discuss the marriage everything. aspects of this, but no. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Don't do it. Because, well, you know, here's the thing. Who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies? The heart of her husband safely trusts her and he will have no lack of gain. Sandy, you have what's called common sense. Mm-hmm. You can perceive risk a mile away. Your husband has spent so much time on Tic Tac that he has no idea what real risk is and how much work and hassle and problems this is. You can make money running an Airbnb, but you know you can also make money running a hotel, but it's called a full-time job. Somebody has to manage the hotel. Somebody has to manage the maintenance people. Somebody has to manage the maid service. Somebody has to ma- – th- this is not – just found money that you walk out on the sidewalk and pick up a bale of money because you signed up for airbnb because some moron on tic tac said it was a great idea it's passive it's passive income income. there's no passive about it (laughs) you talk about active this is about as active a piece of real estate as you can get again 
there is situations where you can make bank on this if you're willing to go through the hassle and the hard work and put up with it, but it's not as much as people say it is. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not as much as your gross rent projection is by freaking Airbnb. Because all they'll tell you is if you keep it full all the time, here's what we can get for it. Well, nobody keeps it full all the time. Number one. Number two, nobody puts everybody in there and 100% of them pay. Never happens. Nobody puts everybody in there and they don't tear it up past beyond the level of their deposit. Never happens. So, dadgum, man. I I got a a, a three degrees of separation Uh guy that has an expensive property that he put and uh, a bunch of uh characters <laughs> went in there and one of them killed the other one in his house <gasps> oh a murder my gosh. in his house oh so was not expecting that yeah okay. there you go that, that's my that's my love of airbnb it just went wow. away right then but I, that doesn't happen very often but i mean these characters and this was not a cheap this was not a house in it, the yeah in the wrong end of town or whatever it is you know golly. sheesh no this is this was people partying and yeah. they party too hard oh my gosh yeah out of control so yeah it's uh you know does that is that is that gonna happen no that's not gonna happen right all right but the point is you're running a high turnover night to night week mm-hmm. to week rental if this is not you put a, a tenant in there and they stay in there a year and you have a, a, an actual relationship with the yeah. tenant so okay so here i am playing devil's advocate as i sometimes do there are listeners who want to get into that space and they they don't we don't want them to listen to tic tac as you call it yeah. what do you say pay cash to the for person it. pay cash for it after your home's paid for baby step seven mm-hmm. and understand that you are embracing two things that no one talks about when you do airbnb mm-hmm. high hassle factor mm-hmm. high risk mm-hmm. yeah and so you have to apply those to the numbers it's the same thing when some somebody goes to one of these nothing down real estate crap, and they go, well, "I can rent the house for a thousand dollars, and my payment's only five hundred. I'm going to cash flow five hundred. <laughs> well, let me let me tell you how that works in the end. Okay, if that's the case, you're going to break even. Uh huh. With vacancy, with non-payment, with suing to evict them, with fixing the repairs beyond the deposits, with fixing the repairs that just happened to a house the heat and air goes out the Mm -hmm. roof leaks paying the insurance paying the taxes messing with it you you got a 500 hundred dollar cash flow no you don't Mm. you're breaking even this is what people don't grasp i have a 500 hundred dollar cash flow what that means is you don't know what the flip you're doing Mm. you have no knowledge of how real estate really works Mm. my homes and properties of all kinds are 100 percent paid for and i swear I wonder if some of them are going to cash flow then. Wow. You know? I mean, it's unbelievable. And you do no you do no Airbnb and no, and, and no, wouldn't even no, get into it. No, no. Winston Cruz runs all that stuff. Rachel's husband, he would shoot me if I proposed Airbnb. It would make his life miserable. And and but why is that? Miserable. Well, the hassle it's just factor. Too much. Yeah, that's versus what I'm the risk. It's not worth the risk. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. There you go. That's, that's what I want people to it. get. Like just it, pay cash for a normal rental, right? Yeah, that's what I would Why do. Why even fool with But if with you the... want to do it, you probably could make more money. Mm-hmm. Net, net. You would make more money. If, if you, you can would. get it rolling. If you have a reasonable property, you'll make more money doing an Airbnb than you would on than you would renting it out. Mm-hmm. 
but not just some guy off the streets who thinks net, they're net. just gonna. Yeah, net net, you would do that. But e- even if you don't know what you're doing, and you don't know if you're how to be a landlord, mm-hmm. net net, you'd make more money. But you, what you need to perceive is the extra hassle level. It is real. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with a lot of human beings. <laughs> this is the Ramsey Show. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Speaking of co-hosts, Ken Coleman is uh, has launched a, an exciting new event, or we have launched an exciting new event with Ken Coleman called Career Breakthrough. Whether you feel stuck in your current job because of fear and doubt, or you have an idea you want to pursue but you don't know how to get there, or you just need someone to tell you you can do it, you need to come to this. Ken Coleman is the guy. And at his event, Career Breakthrough, is just for you. You can join Ken live in person this spring for an event that will give you clarity, confidence, and courage to do the work you were born to do. Ken's going to take questions, interact with the audience, and uh, talk to you guys. And every ticket comes with his Get to Clear assessment as well. Uh, the Career Breakthrough is going to be Kansas City, Missouri, April 20, coming up quick here, Chicago, Illinois. May 16, Atlanta, Georgia, May 18, and Dallas, Texas, May 23rd. Tickets start at just $50. These are small events, only going to be three or 400 people. So if you want an intimate interaction with Ken and an audience to be able to get questions answered and actually take you where you need to go, get signed up for these. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash events. Al is with us in Bethesda. Hey, Al, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Certainly. How can we help? Yeah, I was, my question is, how would you advise my wife and I to determine the best high-growth industries when considering a career change? Um, well, high-growth is a good thing to look at. Uh, I also would look at uh, how you're wired and what's going to make you smile. I don't care if it's high growth if you hate it every single day. There's not enough money on the planet to make you happy then. No, that definitely makes sense. I I am actually reading Ken Coleman's book from Paycheck to Purpose. Good. um, But we're, yeah, we're just really just trying to get all avenues and information to talk to different people about different careers, what we could do. Mm -hmm. He's a CPA. And I do research for the Department of Defense, and we've both been working about 12 to 13, 14 years, something like that. So, and uh, I, we just both had a realization being in middle management that is, wow, the, the folks in upper management just seems like they do have the burden of responsibility and leadership, but certainly it feels like we're working more than perhaps they are. So we're just kind of looking at each other. We're both 33 and just saying, like, are we really going to do this for the next 20 to 30 years? Mm. So. Have you done the career assessment that Ken offers to see where you're, have, what you're wired to do? I have not. Where, where's that, where's that assessment? If, if you don't mind, you I'm can, you can go to his uh, website and find it. Well, you find it in the Ramsey Solutions yep. store, RamseySolutions.com. We'll give you a couple of them. Uh, so you guys can take it and that'll be helpful. Um, I think one of the things you're going to find, Al, is that you're both detail people, right? Yes, yeah. very much so. And I'm not. 
So if you put me into a detail <laughs> thing, it would be like, uh, as a friend of mine says, leukemia to my soul. Oh, gosh. You know, but yeah, no, thank you. I, if I had to do what your wife does every day, I would, you know, I, oh, I want to read the reports that she does, but I don't want to create them, you know, so uh, from a CPA perspective. Now, here's the thing. It might be that being a CPA is not a problem. It might be how she's doing it. Maybe start your own practice mm-hmm. where the sky's the limit. And then do the same work, but for yourself and make a lot more money. Maybe that's, maybe it's that simple. Uh, in your case, research is not something you necessarily start up on your own. Maybe it is. I don't know what field you're in, but, um, but whatever you move towards needs to have lots of detail. Uh, like for instance, I'm not going to recommend, and it's not necessarily, well, it is actually probably a pretty growth oriented thing right this second, um, is event planner. Okay. Where it's different every day. It's constant change. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of human beings running around with drama, <laughs> trying to get the event off the ground. Whether it's the crew putting in the the, the sound system or the, the 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 people running the event center or the client, then you, you're not doing that one. Okay, that one don't fit you. Okay, it would be you'd be miserable for you. So you know you're going to find those things out from this career assessment. But then I, it it can be that. What you described to me was not necessarily a career path problem. It was the where you're doing it is the problem. Yeah, yeah I think you might be onto something there. So, yeah, yeah, we'll give you that. You guys take that. But then I would look around and go, okay, um, you know, technology is, is obviously anything that falls under that bucket, and that's a really large bucket. Uh you know, a guy like you, if you want to learn programming or you want to get into that field, uh, there's a, a lot of stuff that's booming there. Uh, any, anything around that word, assuming you develop some skills in that area, uh, which you could do pretty quickly with your natural bent is my guess. You might go to code school. You might do uh, something else. You might study security, uh, you know, digital security ap- applications and uh, just a huge, huge booming it's a gold gold mine gold rush right now uh but you know it doesn't necessarily mean that's for you but i would not pick it based you know you're reading that from ken already i would not pick it based on only on um you know what's booming yeah and what you can make money with i don't don't want to go to a dentist that chose being a dentist because there's a lot of money in it exactly i they they uh, you're not going to work the same way coward and i they don't they don't I want to go to a dentist that chose it as an opportunity to serve mm-hmm. in the medical arts, and they're a compassionate person because I'm a coward. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we've all, we've all dealt with people who it's like, wow, you you need to go on and do something that gives you some joy. We, <laughs> we, we've all encountered those people where it's like, why are you doing this every day? You're clearly miserable. Is it just for the paycheck? I mean, you don't definitely don't want to be one of those people. Um, yeah, that would be, as you say, the tail wagging the dog. So, John is with us in Modesto, California. Hi, John. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? So, um, we took out a HELOC uh, last year uh, to make some upgrades around the house and also to put a practice baseball field in our backyard. Well, the HELOC, we, we under-budgeted, so we ran out of the HELOC, and we still need probably another five or six thousand to get how much did you spend on your field of dreams (laughs) if you build it he will come (laughs) 
about uh, about 40,000 of the HELOC went towards the ball field, and about 30,000 went towards the well and pump that we needed to put in anyway for our residents. What do you make so a year? We are, I'm sorry? What do you make a year? 200,000 between my wife and I. Okay. And your question is how to come up with the last 5,000 to finish. Well, yeah, we're really hot and heavy in step two. We've already tackled about 25,000 in debt within the last 30 to 40 days. And so it's hard. How, how long before step two, how long before baby step two is done? At your current uh, About another eight months. About yeah. another eight is months. Is there a problem waiting until next spring to finish the ball field? I mean, well, tactically, technically, is there a problem? I'm not talking about emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big, that's the hard part, right? Um, I think we'd earn about $2,000 per month renting it out. Um, but it would take another 6,000 or so to finish it. You're... And each month we have about $4,000 left over from, from income to pay towards Who that. are you renting a baseball diamond to? It, they, they are in high demand out here. Um, it's hard to find fields to practice on. Huh. So who's going to pay you? Like little kids? Whether it's, no, whether it's a youth, uh, a lot of youth teams are open Youth paying, teams pay uh, $2,000 to rent a field? No, wow. if I rented out two, 20 nights a week, 100 bucks for a few hours. Okay. Uh, if you want to work the cash flow in to finish it, that's fine. I have, it's the, the first time I've ever taken a call on a baseball field. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted yeah if you um, build it he will come and that's what came to mind <laughs> i hope this is not i hope your projections are accurate I and you too. haven't spent this money and you got to get it all paid off now this goes in the debt snowball by the way uh, 20 days of 20 days of maybe not this is the ramsey show Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.